Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Can. And when you need information, analysis, and news on the National Football League, the best place you can go to is Pro Football Talk. It is, a, it is my first read every single morning, which is why it's really cool every time we have Mike Florio on because he's the best in the business. He's the gentleman behind that website, and he joins us right now on what's a very busy day. Mike, good morning, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, good to be with you. How's everything? Doing good. So there's a lot to get into. Let's just, I guess, dive into it. Uh, what do you make of what seems like an increased or maybe new way of thinking about game management that has led to some decision-making like we saw from Zach Taylor and the Bengals yesterday to be more bold and to go forward in situations like we saw for Cincinnati, where if, you, if you're successful, I guess you're, you're, you're praised. If, if you fail like yesterday, you're criticized. But from a macro perspective, is this the right way of thinking about game management, Mike? Things really have changed, though. I mean, it used to be that coaches would only do the conventional thing because if you did the unconventional thing and it didn't work, you would get heavily criticized and eventually fired. What is conventional and acceptable now has expanded. I think back to 1995 when Barry Switzer, then the Cowboys coach, went for it on fourth and one from his own 29 late in the tie game against the Eagles and everybody thought he had lost his mind, and maybe he had. But when things like that happen now, there's that immediate, well, the analytics support this, or the analytics support that. And we know that all these coaches have analytics experts who are talking to them. More importantly, the owners have analytics experts who are talking to them. And the coaches, I think, at some level, feel compelled to go along with whatever the analytics people are saying internally. I think that's where a lot of it comes from, because ultimately – you're working at the will and pleasure of the owner. And if the owner is thinking about the game a different way, the coach needs to think about the game a different way. And so as a result, we all think about the game a different way. And you never know where that next frontier is going to be. For example, we were talking about this earlier today on PFT Live. You know, the Bengals arguably would have been better off if they had just missed that extra point. It would have been 16-16, and the Ravens would have had less of a compulsion to get in scoring position, maybe would have been more careful maybe would have played for overtime consciously or subconsciously, and the Bengals would have had a better chance to win the game. Will there be some development, some enhancement to analytics at some point where a team ties a game late with a touchdown and actually takes a knee instead of going up by a point? You never know where this analysis is going to take us, but that's where it's brought us now, where we see all of these different decisions being made, and I think most fans just kind of shrug at it and say, that's what the analytics told them to do. Mike Florio here on the show. Mike, are, should we be buying the NFC East as a really strong division with, with legitimately strong contending teams over the course of a long NFL season? Well, I, I think absolutely when you see what they've done so far and when you look at the upcoming schedule for these teams, 
I think there's a chance they can be very good. They play all the teams from the AFC South, which gives the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys four games that they could arguably arguably sweep all four of them. And I, I, I think that that, uh, that adds to the, the, the possibilities. Um, I, I, we have to at this point. Eagles 5-0, and Cowboys 4-1, and Giants 4-1. and There's only one other team in the entire conference that has one loss, and that's the Vikings, and they have no business being 4-1. and So we've got three extremely good teams that will cannibalize each other at some point. Now, the Giants have already played the Cowboys once. The Eagles and the Cowboys play Sunday night, which which should be an excellent game. And, uh, you know, we're so used to seeing only one team get that playoff appearance by default because one of those four teams has to get in. We could have two or three teams from that division earn their spot in the postseason and be very viable postseason contenders. So it's amazing to see what they're doing. The Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFL right now, but the Giants and the Cowboys are not far behind. Mike Florio here on the show on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. Mike, I know it's one game, it's one result. Is that Packers loss for you more about the peculiarities that that can happen in London, or does it say something more about issues with that Green Bay team? Well, it's issues with the Green Bay team, and as Aaron Rodgers said after the game, they are winning games with too narrow a margin this year. And and really, that's the difference between – the great teams and that large swath of good to mediocre to who knows what the hell they are teams where the games are close and you either find a way to win late or you find a way to lose late. And I think that's what a team like the Bills is aspiring to get to where they just blow you out and they don't have to worry about what can go wrong in the final few minutes of the game because we've seen an unprecedented run of close games. Last week, 15 out of 16 games were one-score games in the fourth quarter. You leave too much to chance when you let a game come down to that. The Packers aren't blowing people out. So they're struggling now, and they're staring at the possibility of falling to 500 if they should lose to the Jets next weekend. And the Jets have proven that, that they can come from behind and that they play very well in the fourth quarter, whether they're trailing or whether it's a close game and they drop the pedal to the metal with three touchdowns like they did yesterday. Mike Florio, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, easily low-hanging fruit, on, on Kyler Murray's final drive yesterday is to make some quip about maybe they should put a, a clause in his contract that, that he should study tape more. But it's certainly the, the first thing that, that came to mind. And, and Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals have been bizarre and interesting and, and somewhat paradoxical. They were, and I might be doing this wrong, Mike, but I think 8-1 and one last season to start the year and look like the best team in the NFL. And, and things have gone sideways since then. What do you think the Cardinals and Kyler Murray actually are this season as they sit at two and three? Well, they're just an ordinary middle of the pack team. They were 10 and two at their high watermark last year. They started eight. No, they, uh, they had the, the, the Packers beaten on that Thursday night. That was when they suffered their first loss. That's when Murray injured his ankle and he missed some time and was never the same after that. They just are a team that, you know, in the past it's been they start fast and can't finish, and that's been Cliff Kingsbury's trademark all the way back to his first year at Texas Tech in 2013. But I think it's more than that. I think that, that you know, there's a deeper question here with these college coaches that come to the NFL without a lot of NFL experience. Do they really know what it means to prepare week in and week out, to stay ahead of the trends, to self-scout your own playbook, your own tendencies? to figure out 
what you're doing that's predictable and that other NFL caliber coaches are picking up, whether it's Kingsbury in Arizona, whether it's Matt Rule in Carolina. You just have to wonder whether these college coaches who do things a certain way can truly come to the NFL and understand what needs to be done top to bottom to have a first-rate, top-notch NFL program that is always getting better, that is always spotting its weaknesses, that is always staying ahead of its own curve and ahead of the opponent's curve as well. And I think that's something that manifests itself over time. And, and now we're getting to a point where Cliff Kingsbury has been in the NFL long enough. You just wonder whether he's evolving, the team's evolving, or it's just too simple and all of their opponents have figured it out based upon three or four years of film that, that, that's out there for anyone who's playing the Cardinals to study and break down and then know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, that's such a great and interesting point. And as you were talking, I was thinking about Urban Meyer last year, who obviously that was a that was a very, very clear example. And, and Trevor Lawrence's struggles under Urban Meyer. And, and you brought up Matt Rule. I've, I've been thinking, Mike, over the weekend or at least since yesterday about how I'm supposed to view Baker Mayfield and whether it is fair now to make the assessment that he's just a backup quarterback in the NFL. But I remember he had some success with the Browns before he didn't, and he's with an organization, as you pointed out, that may not be run by someone who should be in charge of an NFL team from a coaching perspective. Do you have any level of confidence that in the right spot, were he to get that chance, Baker Mayfield can show that he belongs as a starting quarterback in the National Football League? Yes, because we've seen him do it two of his NFL seasons, 2018 and 2020. The problem is this, though, and, and I struggle to think of a, of a first-round, highly-drafted quarterback where it didn't work out in his first stop and it did work out somewhere else. It usually never works out if it doesn't work out the first time. I think maybe Vinny Testaverde is the only one that had it work out somewhere else after it was a disaster for him in Tampa Bay. And look at Geno Smith. He was a high second-round pick, and it took seven or eight years for him to percolate back into a starting position. I think what Baker Mayfield is going to have to do is accept that he's not going to be viewed as a starter. He's going to have to take the money that goes along with it, the role that goes along with it. He's going to have to humble himself to that status and wait for an opportunity to play and play well. But I don't know that he's going to have the patience for that. I I think about free agency 2023 when he obviously hits the market. Who's going to want him? And is it going to be anything other than like a Mitch Trubisky situation where you're signed to be the starter and then five weeks later the team drafts their first-round quarterback for the next year? And Baker Mayfield is on borrowed time and – you know, we, we've seen how – and he's, he's behaved this year, but we know he's got that feisty and fiery personality. You know, everything he's ever believed about himself is starting to blow up in his face, and I don't know how he's going to react to it. But th- this was his year to bet on himself. He gave up over $4 million, all told, in salary, about $3.5 million of it in, in incentives that he could have earned back. He's not on track to earn them back, and he's not on track to be a starting quarterback next year in the NFL. Mike Florio here on, here on the show. Mike, Russell Wilson, to say the least, has, has not looked consistently good. He's had some good performances, but it has not been a, a happy beginning in Denver. The news about the injury that has come out o- over the course of the last few days, is that enough for you that it explains Wilson's struggles, the way that we have seen him play over the course of this time? No, because we've seen him still at, at times play well. And the injury is recent. The injury was last Sunday. Now, shame on the Broncos for not navigating Wilson's condition properly in Thursday night's game. There were two key moments, one late in regulation and one in overtime, where they put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands instead of running it. Well, 
if you know your quarterback's impaired, on third and four with 219 to play from the Indianapolis 13 when you're up three and your defense has choked the Colts all night long and not even allowed a goal-to-go situation, run the ball, and if you don't get the first down, kick the field goal. If you do get the first down, you run out the clock and you win the game because the Colts had no timeouts and you would have gone down to the two-minute warning, and anyone who plays Madden knows that that's enough time to get you into the locker room with a win. At the goal line in overtime, fourth and one from the five, run the ball. Don't go in shotgun formation and put it in Russell Wilson's hands if he's got a shoulder issue and you want him to throw an accurate football. So if this is anything other than excuse-making by Wilson's camp, and given how manicured everything he ever says and does is, I'm not willing to say it's not excuse-making in a very subtle way. But if it's not excuse-making, then shame on Nathaniel Hackett for not factoring that shoulder injury into the decisions that were made on Thursday night. Mike Florio is always crushing it here on, on the show. We're very lucky to have him. Mike, last one for you. Hopefully it's a good game. It's certainly a really interesting matchup between the Raiders and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. What are you going to be keeping an eye on tonight? Well, you know, it's funny. This was a point we made earlier on PFT Live. When you look at other teams that try to do the things the Chiefs do offensively and the Bengals trying to get cute down near the goal line and Joe Burrow trying to throw one of those kind of, you know, just the, the passes we've seen, Patrick Mahomes, it's just a casual flip of the ball. And when the Chiefs do it, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. When anyone else does it, it looks awkward and forced and contrived and ineffective. And it just gives me a greater appreciation of what, we're able to witness in Patrick Mahomes. And I think they're still pissed off, frankly, about the Raiders beating the Chiefs a few years ago and circling the, the uh, stadium with their buses in a victory lap. And, and they've found a way to still be fueled by that, even though John Gruden's long gone. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a long night for the Raiders because I just don't think they have the personnel to slow down this Chiefs offense that when it's firing on all cylinders – it, it's a thing to behold, and, and when it's time to play in prime time, they always seem to show up with a big performance. That is such a great insight. And as someone who lived in Kansas City for a long time, worked at the Kansas City Star and wrote about the Chiefs a lot and still has friends in that organization, Mike Florio, as is always the case, is not wrong. They are, they are still not happy about that, that moment of braggadocio by the Raiders. Mike, I'm not kidding, man. I, hey, I, I love hey. it. I'm in the show, dude. That, Matt Rule's been fired, by the way. Matt Rule's been fired? Boy, that was the most. I mean, that. I mean, well, that I got you. What's your um? That I mean, that is that is on brand for that owner. What What do you make of the decision? I, I tweeted last night. If everything I've come to believe about Matt, about David Tepper is true, he'll fire Matt Rule tomorrow. So my my assessment of Tepper is right on the money, and it comes down to money. What we were arguing over the weekend is you put Matt Rule on the market now, he gets in line for a college coaching job. You reduce your buyout obligation if you hold him deep into the season. You, you take him out of play. Now he's got maximum opportunity to go get a college job, and and that's less money that the uh, the Panthers are going to owe him. And sometimes it's that simple. But these these owners that made a crap load of money in other lines of work, they understand how to make money and how not to lose money. And I think that's what it all came down to. It was inevitable, so let's just do it now. I saw that tweet last night, Mike. You called it. Mike Florio, I know this means you have to go because you have stuff to do. Awesome, as always, radio segment. My man, thank you for, for, for making time. Thanks, pal. Thank you, buddy. Mike Flory on the show, breaking the news that, uh, that uh, Matt Rule's been fired in Carolina. That was inevitable. What a disappointment. Not very many guys make that leap. I'm a huge Nick Saban fan. 
and I know he squeaked past A&M this weekend, and Jimbo. Hugh, I think Saban is one of the most impressive people in the world at what they do for a living. Not, not just football, college ball. The guy is incredible, and he couldn't make the leap. And, and if Nick Saban can't make the leap, it's going to be very hard to do. Jimmy Johnson did it. Not everybody can do it. Most people fail. And, and Matt Rule is the latest example. Again, breaking news, he has been fired. We'll get into that. We'll get into what it means. We'll get into buy or sell. We'll keep it rolling next here on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. I have an idea, Diesel. I have a live programming alert for tomorrow. It's exciting. It's all happening. We we put together the, what is it, the mini... Movie review, and I've done I've done some uh, some movie nights with the kiddos, as have I actually. <gasps> what? What have you watched? Do you want me to give it away right now, or do we want to save it for tomorrow? Do you have one, or do you have multiple? Multiple, but same theme. Give me ha- one. Halloween movies. I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time. I don't know if you've seen that one. So love Hocus Pocus. We had a big fight with 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 I'm a fight, but we had, we had a disagreement with Madeline and Henry, my kids, and Lori. Lori didn't care about what should be movie night Friday. Madeline wanted Hocus Pocus two, but she already watched it, and I want to get it closer to Halloween, so we're gonna oh. watch it. Yeah, I'm a big Hocus Pocus fan. You watched the first one. Watched the first one for the first time. It's it's really good. Right. I enjoyed it. Let's do this tomorrow. We'll do a we'll do a segment of of just very. Very brief uh, movie reviews. Uh, if you're just joining us, breaking news, Mike Florio actually broke this for us here on the show about nine minutes ago. Matt Rule, formerly the head coach in Carolina, has been fired 
by the Panthers. They have had an inauspicious beginning, and it will be very interesting to see what it means for Baker Mayfield's place as the starter of that football team. We'll obviously give you more information on the show and just here on CBS Sports Radio in general as it comes in. Right now it is time for Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill, let's start it off today in Arizona where Kyler Murray and company had a chance, and I say had a chance for a reason, at a game-winning drive. Now let's set the scene. They're down 20-17. to 17. The Cardinals are driving. No timeouts remaining. That's key. Second and 10 from the Eagles' 36-yard line. Kyler takes off, runs for nine yards, sliding before the first down marker. Now, Bill, he had a chance to pick up a few extra yards here. He was going to get hit. Slides right before the first down marker. That's strike one. Then on third and one, Kyler spiked the ball. Mind you, there's 22 seconds remaining. Enough time to go for a first down and maybe more even after that. That's strike two. Thus, Arizona went for the game-tying field goal attempt. Matt Amendola, you guessed it, Bill, missed the 43-yarder. And the Eagles stay undefeated. That's strike three. Buy or sell yesterday's botched end-of-game situation was why the Cardinals initially put a study clause into Kyler Murray's contract. It is the exact first thing that I thought, buy. 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 You would agree Peyton Manning's a great quarterback? Uh, Yes. Gifted quarterback? Yes. Clearly, see his family, genetically lottery, won the genetic lottery of quarterback skills, whatever that entails. And this is just one example of many people. That guy studied his tail off, was famous for studying his tail off. Patrick Mahomes, and I love this about the Chiefs, and Andy Reid and whoever the coordinators are, Eric Bieniemy right now, have a have a board that's in it's in I think it's in Andy Reid's office still, and they can just anybody can write a play on there. And it's part of the study process and Mahomes is known for just being a a fiend with a video. It's a requirement. It actually translates to good decision making and success more often than not. It's a disaster. Can I um we don't do this very often. I've got a tweet from Alex Williams at Doc Romeo 11305 that I hadn't thought of. Can I read you his perspective on Draymond Green? I think it's really interesting. And you buy or sell diesel if you think it's also accurate. Please do. I can't wait to hear it. All right. At Twitter, SportsWriter, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R from listener Alex Williams. This is along the lines of the Will Smith slap. And people let Draymond slide who do that are hypocrites. It's a really smart point that I wish I'd thought of myself. I like that unique take, that unique perspective. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Draymond Green's the 15th man on the bench on the roster, he's gone already. But, like, he has value. It is what it is. The counterpoint to that would be, and I I can hear people out in their cars listening on the free Odyssey app on their incredible affiliates, like, well, this is a scrimmage where you're physically up against guys. Will Smith had to stand up from his seat walk up on the stage, and then slap Chris Rock. But I do think it's, a, it's and also Will Smith was public on, on live TV, but it's an interesting point that violence that is not socially acceptable, perhaps getting a pass, as you said, Tom, because these guys have value and are very talented. I'm going to buy that, that it's just an interesting point, that it's worth consideration. Bye. 
All right, Bill, let's stay with quarterbacks' mistakes here at the end of games. One of your favorites, Carson Wentz, found himself in a very similar situation to Kyler Murray, driving late with a chance to win. Now, the commanders were down 21-17 to the Titans, under 10 seconds to play. From the Tennessee Titans' two-yard line, the commanders were knocking on the door for a touchdown when Wentz threw an interception on the goal line. Tennessee hangs on to win the game. Buy or sell, you were confident at any point Carson Wentz would lead the Commanders to a game-winning drive. <laughs> sell. So. Even at that point. Go mm. back from Wentz the game. Carson Wentz is so interesting because the number two overall pick in the draft and the Eagles moved up to get him in the same draft, in which the Rams moved up to kick off, had an incredible start to his career. Could have been the MVP. Wasn't the starting quarterback of, of that Super Bowl winning team. Obviously, Nick Foles was. But but Wentz was the quarterback of that team for a big chunk of the year that got them into position. And he is just he just fell apart, Diesel. And I don't know have all the details. It's been reported. We've discussed it. But, but with Wentz, my speculation is the old saying that, that beware of success. That success is its own stumbling block. Because the guy had obviously, as Florio just pointed out with Baker Mayfield, we've seen Wentz play at a high level, but it's been a long time. Feels Whatever's like it's wrong. been a really long time. When did the Eagles? I should know this off the top of my head. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I was there. I'm gonna guess 2018. I was gonna say 17, but my, you might be right. right. You might be right. It's a long time ago. All right, let's stay in the NFL here. The Buccaneers beat the Falcons yesterday 21-15, but that's not the important part, Bill. The most talked-about play from this game was a roughing the passer call against Atlanta's Grady Jarrett after sacking none other than Tom Brady. Now, after the, pl- after the play, Brady was visibly annoyed, barking at the ref for a call, and you guessed it, he got it, leading many former players to be outraged by the call on social media. After the game, the ref said that Jarrett, quote, unnecessarily threw Brady to the ground, end quote. By herself, this play should have been flagged for roughing the passer. Sell, and I just, we all know this. At this stage of things, you can get a roughing the passer flag for hurting a quarterback's feelings with a mean look. It's, I understand the need to protect quarterbacks, but Diesel, I'm old enough to remember when guys would take quarterbacks out like, up well above the belly button, man. Like, you know, headshots in part in taking guys down. You know a dangerous, dirty play when you see it. That ain't it. It is still a contact sport. And I know the NFL wants the scoring, and ratings are better when Tom Brady plays or Aaron Rodgers plays. They just are. Backup plays, ratings go down. But again, at a certain point, you have to... You have to protect the integrity of the sport as much more than a quarterback. It is a, it is a contact sport. It, 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 it's an outrageous it was an outrageously bad call. Alright, let's stay with quarterbacks here now. We've been all over Russell Wilson on, as a show for his poor play thus far in Denver, but over the weekend it was revealed that Russ is dealing with a partially torn lat in his throwing shoulder. Wilson is believed to have sustained the injury during the Broncos week 4 loss the Raiders. Buy or sell Russell Wilson's injury makes you feel differently about his poor start to the season. 
So I'm just going to lean on Florio because I asked him this exact same question as a cheat code for this for this uh, you know to get this right here 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 uh, pretty daddy D cell. Nope, happened later. He's played well, and, and I thought Florio made a really good point, and it occurred to me too. Russell Wilson is so finely managed. Everything feels so inauthentic. It does feel like a well-timed leak that came out right when the criticism was really ramping up. Very uh, convenient. Buy or sell, begrudgingly perhaps, that since National Nickname Day, you have somewhat warmed to the nickname Pretty Daddy. Sell. Really? Pretty Daddy is never going to be a name that I embrace. It's not going to happen. Pretty Daddy, that was a pretty quick trigger thing. Yes, yes, I've thought about this long and hard. Have you told Mrs. D-Cell? No, I don't tell anybody that my nickname on this show is Pretty Daddy. Hey, guys, at work, they call me Pretty Daddy. I really love it. I like it, Pretty Daddy. Oh, Greg, because I liked it. Greg, can you start just in casual conversation when random people walk by, drop some Pretty Daddies to D-Cell just so it spreads? Yeah, I just have one question. Is this a brand new thing? I mean, I think we, we've given Tom maybe 20 nicknames, and then on National Nickname Day, we kind of went through them and, and picked one. Yeah, 20 nicknames, give or take 35. Yeah, you know. Where did the, where did Pretty Daddy, I always, oh, it came from a song? <laughs> yeah, like a night, it was 1950s song lyric. I don't know how we got to that particular song that I don't know the name of, but that's there where some, it came from. There was some expression, Greg, that we could, I, that, that D-Cell used a lot, that I'm like, where does that come from? So I looked it up, it came from a, yeah, a 50s song. And it's someone singing about Pretty Daddy, Why Did You Betray Me, right? So naturally, I'm Pretty Daddy because of that. It's you so bad. bad. That's why I like it. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, Pretty Daddy D-Cell, we apologize. Please continue, Pretty Daddy. You're not apologizing at all. But let's get to some college football anyway. <laughs> now, despite Texas A&M's slow yeah. start to the season, we got the close game that we were looking for as the Aggies gave Alabama all they can handle on Saturday. It came down to the final play. A&M was down 24-20, but was on Alabama's two-yard line, and their final pass attempt went incomplete as time expired. Jimbo Fisher and his team were questioned because that final pass, Bill, it would not have gone for a touchdown anyway as it was thrown short of the goal line. Buy or sell giving Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M credit for being competitive against Alabama. I'm not a big Jimbo guy. You know I'm not a big Jimbo Fisher fan, but I will buy. That was a Bye. great football game and a great ending of a football game. And by the way, not to circle back to baseball, but that tension I was talking about, like that, that game was all tension at the end of the game. That final drive was all tension. It's the stuff that makes sports amazing, Pretty Daddy. Whether it's the new MLB format or the fact that Jimbo Fisher was able I mean, let me to- tell you something. Greg Caserta can barely contain himself. He loves this so much. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the update. Yeah, because you just keep dropping it in so so beautifully. It's Look, when you're hanging out with Pretty Daddy as often as I do, <laughs> it just it just emerges. I was, I was leaving you some room there. You want to drop more of it? By the way, I mean, you've got kind of like a bebop, let's go no, see some I jazz don't. in the 50s no, Pretty I, Daddy sweater no, on. Yeah, you do. You if told you me put, it was Dr. Seuss. I was wrong. Hour. And Lori, Lori said Nightmare on Elm Street, but I looked it up and I couldn't quite place it. You know, do you watch uh, the marvelous Mrs. M- Mazel? Mazel? I don't know how to say that. Uh, you name. know I don't. What takes place in New York in, in the you know 50s, 60s, whatever, and she goes all these little these joints, right? These bebop joints, these you know blues, and you look like you put a beret on, pretty daddy, and you just you go in there with a cigarette and you're listening to jazz like groovy. I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. <laughs>
Because he's he really is just drilling it home so much. There's no subtlety to it. I mean, when, it's hard to be subtle when your nickname is Pretty Daddy, to Bill, be fair. this is why I wish you were here. It's moments like these, days like today, when I wish you were in studio with me. <laughs> it's also moments like these when often D-Cell is glad that I'm not. Exactly. Very, very thankful for that indeed. I'm going to stay with college football here. After Alabama State fell to Deion Sanders and Jackson State on Saturday, 26-12, Deion made his way to midfield for the customary embrace between coaches except that's not what happened at all. Alabama State coach Eddie Robinson Jr. shook Primetime's hand, but wanted no part of a hug, instead shoving Dion away as Robinson walked away. Dion was left stunned as he threw up both of his hands. He had no idea what was going on, and this was Robinson's explanation after the game. I thought it was a lot of disrespect the whole week. And so you're not going to be disrespectful the whole week in the media. Uh, we didn't talk in the pregame. I was out there the whole time at the 50-yard line. Uh, he walked through our, our whole offensive, I mean, our whole huddle on, on our end zone and came a long way around to get to his side of the field in the pregame. Thought that wasn't classy at all. You know, I'm going to shake your hand and I'm going to go on. I'm, I'm going to always be respectful and respect the game. You know, you got the great guys, W.C. Gordon, Eddie G. Robinson, those guys, Reno Chasm. That, I, I'm, I'm living on the shows of the swag. Uh, he ain't swag. You know, I'm sweat. He ain't sweat. So he's in the conference doing a great job. Can't knock that. Got a great team. Son should be up for the Heisman Trophy winner. I love Shadow. Great player. I love what he's doing for the conference. Uh, probably one of the best things we had since that Steve McNair when he was in there. Love all that. But you're not going to come here and disrespect me and my team and my school and then want to bro up. Shake my hand and get the hell on. Buy or sell Eddie Robinson Jr. not giving Deion Sanders a bro hug. I'm going to buy all of it. I love that Bye. answer. Not going to be intimidated by the reputation, not going to be intimidated by the resume, not going to be intimidated by the legend. And I think it it all tracks for me. Pretty Daddy, I I think it's as on the nose in terms of its accuracy as your nickname. I love it. I get it. And and some of the details he walked you through, he's willing to put his name to it. Big, big fan of this level of animosity and speaking to it. Really respected that he was willing to shake his hand, but wasn't going to do any more than that because he felt disrespected. He didn't ignore him. He didn't pretend like he wasn't there. He shook his hand, but you're getting nothing more from me. I loved it. I'm 100% with you, man. All right, let's finish up out west here. USC is not the only undefeated school in the Pac-12 as UCLA made its six straight wins to start their season, beating up on Utah this weekend 42-32. to Although, Bill, if you watch this game, you know it was not as close as the final score would indicate. Now, the Bruins find themselves as the number 11-ranked team in the country right now. Buy or sell the job that Chip Kelly has done at UCLA in year five. Man, I feel so bad for UCLA fans because I think they just wanted to lose this year, fire him, and go get somebody else. (laughs) They're almost a top-10 team. I know. I mean, they're 6-0, right? 6-0. Utah's a good win. I mean, I guess I have to buy it, even though I think buy. Chip Kelly's not exactly. Chip Kelly's so interesting to me because it's one thing to have the game pass you by. That happens. It happens. People get, get stayed and they get stale. Pretty daddy. But Chip Kelly is in many ways the architect of a lot of concepts of modern football. He is the the first really successful guy to be revolutionary in a way that, that now is just commonplace, and yet I think the game is still passing by. It's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be successful at UCLA, but I, it's, hey, man, you are what your record says you are. I can't believe he's been there for five years already. It's been a minute. And the thing is, like, I actually think UCLA should be a, should be a really good job. I think it can be a really good job. You're going to recruit the third best roster on the West Coast every year. You're going to get out recruited by USC and Oregon, usually, probably, but you are. You're going to, and I know that Josh Rosen's no no success story now, but you're going to recruit guys that are really talented at the collegiate level and have a chance to play at the next level, not just at the quarterback position, but other spots. And I live in LA, and I'm not taking shots at you, Trojan fans, but. Those people that live here know USC is in an okay part of town. It's fine. It's not as cool. Westwood's amazing. It's paradise. You're next to Beverly Hills. You're sort of close to the ocean. It's, I mean, you get the right coach in there, and that program, I think, could go through the roof. What a fun segment. I love hanging out with Great Caserta. I love it. Feeling is mutual, too. my friend. It's so good. And nicknames are important. You don't, I mean, Greg, do you have a nickname? I'm. I got dubbed Sweet Willie by a bunch of guys I got I worked with back in the day. It's not I wouldn't have chosen it. You don't get to choose your nickname. So mine was always growing up. It was Cert, like you know, because Caserta is my last name. So my like buddies from high school growing up, it was Cert. And then in college, and it's only my college buddies that do this. It became Squirt and Squirts, and, and that was just awful. Yeah, I would enjoy that. Um, because they're the only ones that call me that to this day. Um, so, yeah, so those were uh, those were a couple that stand out recent memory. Affection is often displayed as ridicule. Correct. And, yeah, nicknames are about love disguised as hate. And we'll get into that. And Monday Night Football predictions with, with Pretty Daddy over there after we get a CBS Sports Radio update. From Greg Caserta. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder here on CBS Sports Radio. I was just talking to, to Pretty Daddy over here, D-Cell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you. About how much I like Wisconsin. I know that sounds random, but I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, we are newly on the air in Milwaukee, which is great. I got a bunch of family in Milwaukee. My parents lived in Green Bay for a while. I'm from that part of the world. I think the market's really interesting. We were talking about it. And Diesel, you dropped what I thought was a really smart point. So I'll let you have the floor. There's some Matt Rule news, and you kind of blew my mind. Matt Rule fired by Carolina, and your sort of next step was I mean, let's, roll. let's be honest. Matt Rule is going back to college. He's a college head coach. He's not an NFL head coach. I think the best job right now for Matt Rule is Wisconsin. Why not? Why not is a great – that's a great call. Who do you think would say no 
Rule or Wisconsin? More likely to say no. If if I mean maybe there's more li- interest. Rule is more likely to say no. I don't think he should say no. And now again, I'm a little biased. I you know, my family are all Iowa fans, but I the Big Ten is a incredibly well respected conference. It's gonna survive and dominate because they pulled in um, UCLA and USC, but it is I think you can navigate it in a way that you can't the SEC, right? It's no disrespect to the Big Ten. I I'm, I come from I grew up in Big Ten country, but it's just it's more it's less formidable, and so that's the conference you want to be in to resurrect your career. And I think you have a chance. And we've seen Wisconsin have a lot of success over the years, and he was awesome at Baylor for the what three years I think that he was there. I mean, he was really really good. Obviously, he picked up a program that was in dire dire straits, and he came from. Temple before that, and then was you know an assistant for years and years and years, including the NFL for for a, a brief period. He's tailor made for that job. I mean, recruiting's a little bit different, right? Baylor's ob- now. I'll say this, and I'm not uh, Scott Drew's a friend of mine. I, I, I like Waco, Texas, but Waco is not. It's like Manhattan, Kansas, where I also like. It's not a overwhelming destination for people to live there. It's just Madison's cool, man. Like you've probably never been to Madison, Wisconsin. Madison is one of the funnest college towns. In America, it is a, and we don't think about those things sometimes. When we talk about college programs, the quality of the actual city, but I think if you, I, I know it's a different recruiting process because you don't have Texas in your backyard, but Wisconsin's done a nice job over the years. I, I love that town. I think that's a really. The question will be if a really big job opens. Like they're not going to fire Jimbo Fisher at A and M because he's just under contract for too much money, but I do think Matt Rule can get a a so-called big, big job in Wisconsin is, is a second-tier job. Wisconsin, I think, is is tailor-made for him. Now, what happens if Nebraska comes knocking? I know Wisconsin's a way better job right now. I I'd rather be it. the Wisconsin head coach. It's, so yeah, it's a really, yeah, it's an interesting question. We've, we've talked a lot. It's a great question. We've talked so much about Nebraska, and the heights of Nebraska are higher, certainly, than the heights of Wisconsin historically, and the heights of Nebraska are higher than the heights of almost every program in America historically, other than the, the big boys. But you, I mean, you can recruit to Wisconsin. And it's not as easy as recruiting to a school in Texas, but you can do that. Nebraska's a trickier deal. Now, the thing about Rule is he, he coached at the national at the NFL level. I think that will actually, for a couple of years, I think that'll serve him well. I, I think that'll be a selling point. And we don't know how Rule will or won't navigate um, the transfer portal. That's a critical, critical tool now at the college level, especially for a program like a Wisconsin or Nebraska but, but assuming he can be competent in executing a strategy there, which is sort of all new ground, early days, yeah, I, I'm taking Wisconsin over Nebraska. Isn't that that's insane. That was not true, you know, 15, 10 years ago, whatever the timeline is. Yeah, and it's with no hesitation right now. None. Uh, no, none. Not, not at all. But again, I see this from a perspective as a, as a guy who's an Iowa fan, and you look at what Ference has done at Iowa, you look at what over the years – Michigan State is done, and Michigan State's a pretty traditionally a pretty good program. You know, you're not Michigan, you're not Ohio State, but you can be at that next level and compete and do a really nice job. Uh, very quickly here, I, I what we got the one and three Raiders, really interesting game. One and three team versus a three and one team, but they hate each other. One and three underperforming, underwhelming Raiders team going to Arrowhead to play a three and one Chiefs team. Chiefs should be four and zero. They lost to the Colts in a game we've talked about a lot here on the show. I'm with Mike Florio. I think the quality between them in terms of the different levels of quality, I think Mahomes, I think the chip on the shoulder the Chiefs have from the Raiders a few years ago under Gruden driving the bus around Arrowhead, honking the horn in COVID when there was no traffic. They're just doing that. 
I think the Chiefs are going to blow the doors off the Raiders. But rivalry games in the NFL often surprise Decel. Pretty daddy, uh, Tom Decel, you know, pretty daddy. Which way are you going on this game? Which way are you leaning? Uh, I would take the Chiefs. I wouldn't care what the point spread was. I don't think this is going to be competitive tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Chiefs can win this game something like 38-13. to 13. Yeah, I think we're set up for another. I mean, last night wasn't bad, but going off of last Thursday night, another rough national game. I'll tell you what, though, man, for me at least, watching the Chiefs put up a bunch of points on the board, regardless of how close the game is, I find magnetically entertaining. I just Mahomes, to me, has that, that it thing where when he's playing well or he's playing in a close game, which is almost every game he plays, right? There are some games that don't go, don't fit one of those two categories. It's must-watch television. I cannot wait for this game tonight. I would put the Chiefs on, on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday Night Football every single game if I – literally. I know you, you're not supposed to, but I, if I'm the NFL. it's They're such a compelling product. I think tonight we get another stamp of approval to what you've been saying all season long, that Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. I do think they're the best team in the NFL, and, and power ranking tomorrow is going to be kind of tricky if if the Chiefs, as we expect, win handily. Uh, thank you to, to CERT. Greg Caserta. I wonder what Florio's nickname is. Thank you to Florio. Thank you to Pretty Daddy. I'm Sweet Willie. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 